0: This is the Get Out of Here Baldy Podcast, episode 42, May 23rd, 2023. This week's Baldy of the Week is composer and musician Hans Zimmer. National Day celebration on May 24th is National Brothers Day. Be sure to reach out to the brothers and the brother-like figures in your life and let them know that you love them. This day in history, May 23rd, 1934, American outlaws Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow are killed by police in an ambush near Sales, Louisiana. We talk a little bit about how fugitives from days of old sometimes are romanticized and celebrated, even though the things that they did in life were actually quite heinous. We talk about Pastor Ben's message last Sunday at Wyatt Park Christian Church. On the Holy Spirit who is the gift giver. We're so thankful for you our Baldy listeners, our Baldy buddies. We hope you have a great day and a great week and now friends let's go get this bread.
1: They're Ben and Aaron and they love sharing about their love for Jesus and food covered in cheeses. Weird news, history, sports regaled From a generation raised playing organ Trail National celebrations almost every day There's only one thing I have to say Don't you point or stare At their lack of hair Yes, they're follically challenged So sing along with the biblical Baldy ballad Get out of here, Baldy Get out of here, Baldy don't know what I mean. Read 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 23. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, if you don't know what I mean, come and take a listen to your two Bald kings.
2: What's up, Baldy buddies, and welcome to another episode of the Get Out of Here Baldy podcast. This is episode 42. I'm your host, Aaron Michaud, and I'm joined by, as always, Pastor Ben Hitzfield. What's going on, brother? Good to see you. Yep, good to see you too. Man,
0: yeah, yeah. it's been, I didn't see you this weekend, and so kind of catching up a little bit yes. here as we're this is getting the podcast this is, going.
2: This is the this is live catch up right there you here, go. folks. Um, <laughs> No, it's good. I, I awesome. felt like spring is in the air. Yeah, getting a little warmer. Yeah, it's nice. I've got a new shirt. Yeah, yeah it little looks bright getting, colors looks decided. Good. Nice decided. I needed. A, yeah, this isn't quite a Hawaii. It's not quite an Aloha shirt, but I feel like it's a nice striking yeah. a, a, a yeah, balance no, here. Uh, it
0: is. Yeah, it's it's not like in your face, you know, Hawaiian. But yeah, no, it's it's yeah. it's sending
2: out good vibes. There we go. Man, do you anything fun? This weekend?
0: Ah, uh, so uh, this weekend, uh, well, Eliana had her. Uh, That's right. So she's she's auditioning something. for uh, Finding Nemo Junior. through the Rubidou Resident Theater. So um, she will find out today's Tuesday. She'll find out tomorrow uh, where she's at on the cast list. And even if she's not given a part, she'll still be in the in the production as something dancer sure. background chorus stuff like that so we'll see
2: so did she happens. have anything that she was hoping for
0: uh, there were a couple smaller parts okay. you know um so yeah we'll just i, don't see, see, I haven't seen like, the musical version like 50 so. kids that that, that I, well I, I think that's like the camp size so i don't know if they filled it all the way up but it was i mean it's a pretty good amount of kids that that'll be in the, in the awesome. show so
2: i love fighting should be fun yeah that's a good one yeah roll right on yeah, absolutely man all right so we're continuing with our baldy of the week hans zimmer Um, I should probably do something other than composers, but they're just my favorite, so that's what I'm sticking with. But here we go. Hans Florian Zimmer, born the 12th of Mm. September in 1957, is a German film score composer and music producer. He has won two Oscars and four Grammys and has been nominated for two Emmys and a Tony. Zimmer was also named on the uh, the list of the top 100 living geniuses Mm. published by the Daily Telegraph. Oh, is that a Top hmm. daily telegraph? I'm gonna I don't, see how is that like the that Times? That's not probably not as good as the Times or something, but hmm. whatever. Anyway, his works are notable for integrating electronic music sounds with traditional orchestral arrangements. Since the 1980s, Zimmer has composed music for over 150 films. He has won two Academy Awards for Best Original Score for The Lion King and Dune. His works include Gladiator, The Last Samurai, The Pirates of the Caribbean series, The Dark Knight Trilogy, Inception, Man of Steel, Interstellar, and Dunkirk. That's a pretty good list. And that's not even...
0: I was going to say that's very similar to... um, Who'd we just do? John Williams. Yeah. 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 I mean, just just some some pretty big...
2: I go back um, and forth in my spirit about which one I like better.
0: I mean, Lion King's pretty good. I'm not too familiar with Dune. I, um, I gotta see
2: that. The book was good.
0: Yeah, I've seen The Last Samurai, but it's been a long time. Pirates of the Caribbean is probably number one for me as far as just being able to hear it and know exactly what music it's coming from. Dark Knight trilogy. Um, okay. Hmm. Yeah, some of the some of the I mean, those are some good movies in there.
2: Um, so the, on that that list doesn't have my favorites actually. Oh. What, so, so what's your? what would be your favorite? So player? he did um, the music for the Sherlock Holmes with um, Robert Downey right. Jr. and Jude yeah. Law. Yeah, those are some good ones. Um, l- love that score. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite, yeah, all-time is favorite is the Kung Fu Panda Trilogy. <laughs> nice. That's a, um, that's, a, that's a good show. And what it's I found serious. out about him, too, I didn't I put it on here, mm-hmm. but he's, uh, I think, head of the whole music department oh. over at DreamWorks Studios. Oh, very cool. Like he okay. All okay. found that. So he does... Wow. if. I don't think he does all the music, but um, DreamWorks—he's highly involved with them, and so.
0: He's not too much older than my parents, so. No,
2: my favorite ones are the ones where he does. um, One of the things that makes I think him unique is the way he integrates so many different cultures' music into what he does—the scores that came out in *Kung Fu Panda*, *Last Samurai* is another one. Hmm. Um, Gladiator was really good. That was another uh, good score. I mean, that movie got all sorts of. Yeah. Uh, Russell Crowe won Best Actor that year. Yeah, I still think he stole it from solid one. Tom Hanks. I'm actually a little bitter. No, about what that. year
1: was
0: that? Well, he was, what, was, what did Tom Hanks do in that year? What year was um, that Castaway. That? Oh, yeah. Castaway.
2: Yeah. So, I I mean, hmm. I, don't get me wrong. Russell Crowe's performance was really good in yeah. Gladiator. Yeah. But Tom Hanks spent ball. an hour and a half yeah. on the screen with just a beach ball yeah. as a co star. Right.
0: No, I get that. I think that's, that's probably a solid argument to make. Yeah. Um, so gonna yeah. <laughs> nice. gets swept out to
2: see like, why am I crying? It's a volleyball. It's a volleyball. Yep.
0: No, that's <laughs> Tom Hanks. Yep. So good stuff.
2: It, yeah. Again, Hans Zimmer, it, you're familiar with his stuff, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so, interesting. yeah, check him out. That's really He's cool. awesome. Hans Zimmer. Like I said, I should have probably gone with Billy Joel or somebody else, but you know what? I listen to Hans Zimmer. So <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> to <might> as well. <laughs> Um, National Celebration today, May 24th, National Brothers Day. I thought this would be good for national us. Brothers Day. So May 24th is National Brothers Day. So call your brother and tell him that you love him, even though he'll say you're weird afterwards. <laughs> when you were younger, you argued over Legos and whose turn it was to sit in the front seat. Yet in some strange way, those childhood squabbles served to make you closer over the years. You got brothers. I got some brothers. Yep. Tell us a little bit about them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Eric is, uh, he's pretty much your age. Look at that, uh, January twentieth of nineteen eighty-three. So, oh, week man. and a half. He later. He joined the forty club yeah. this year too. Yep, he did. So, uh, then I was born, a, you know, a little more than a year later, eight in April of eighty-four. So we grew up best friends. Grew up doing everything together. Uh, dating sisters. Um, when, but you when, didn't marry when him. Possible, didn't marry. Okay, I won up right. you on that one. <laughs> that is an interesting, <laughs> fascinating uh, detail there. Uh, but uh, yeah, and so and then and then Tim came along uh, three years later, in 1987, and uh, w- with Tim, you know, he was just young enough that um, he could he could do everything that that we did for the most part. And uh, Eric didn't play sports as much as I did, and and so Tim and I usually we played basketball and football, and and since I was just enough you know, bigger than him, older mm. than him, I was able to dominate most of the things that I went up against, you know, when we played basketball together. And, uh, so that was a good feeling. And then Michael came along in 1992. So he's eight years younger than I. And so he's, he's the baby. He's the, the Gulf War baby. You know, mm. my dad comes back and, and, uh, nine months later, you know, um, there's Michael, born on Easter Sunday. Oh wow! So okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been new life. Yeah, exactly. New life. Everything's coming to life in the <laughs> spring. So, um, so yeah. You know, uh, through the years, obviously Eric and I have been the closest, but I mean Tim has always been there too. I mean he's always been, sort of been that sidekick, and um, and then as michael's gotten older now he's we're all in our 30s now mm. and so i see him less and less as as a baby brother and sure. more as as a, as a friend now you know as awesome. kind of a, an equal you know he's he's kind of he's earned his stripes so yeah lo- love my brothers it's it's awesome it was awesome growing up in a house of of uh, four boys
2: that's so awesome now you've got i got two brothers, brothers so yeah. my older brother neil um 78 maybe no 77, 76. So he's, anyway, a, he's, a, he's a true genetic. So he yeah, he was graduating high school when I was in sixth grade, because I remember some of my fondest memories with him are, uh, we would drive, we were down on the south side of Maui and we were going to school up on Haleakala. And so but our family eventually moved up there, but uh, we, not before he graduated so in sixth grade, I had just started there because they did middle mm-hmm. school and high school and he was uh, graduating. Excellent. And so I got to ride up to school and pull on the campus with my cool older brother who is a senior. That's awesome. And so that's where I got introduced to all kinds of music because uh, he was all into like Nirvana yeah. uh, back in the day right. and stuff. So um, we listened to a, a lot of music and I just remember having uh, a good time. And it was kind of nice being new on campus and stuff to have the cool little brother, like made you feel like you you had an in. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, Neil is, uh, he's up in Spokane, Washington. He's actually the reason we settled there for a while because he was, yeah. uh, was in the Air Force, got gotcha. on with the railroad, BNSF Railroad, and still there doing that. And so awesome. he's got a wife and two daughters up there. And then my... Uh, yeah my baby brother was like you were January and April. we were February and May mm, um that's so cool. he's yeah just fifteen yeah. months behind me, yeah um, and so people always thought we were twins yeah. yeah um and he's like as the baby of the family, he's like six foot and I think he's he's losing some weight, so he's looking good now, yeah. but he's still like two hundred and probably fifty sixty pounds like big guy, yeah um, and uh just. It's almost like in the Michaud family. Where did that come from? Because um, like I'm five eight, and I'm tall. I'm tall for, for yeah. and so he's just he's he's a big guy. That's funny. Um, but yeah, so we are real close. I mean, we've lived together in Florida. Uh, he came up to Washington. Um, we again married sisters, and so. Uh, yeah, loved loved that guy, um, and I'm still really close to him. Yeah. So good, good. Um, That's awesome. What like? Do you have do you have some memories about like what are the things that you loved doing with your brothers most? Always, always wrestling around, roughhousing, um,
0: just just having a good time. And of course, like I said, Michael, when he was being being the baby. Uh, when he came around, he really wanted so badly to, to mm. do what we were doing, but we were just so much older than him that it was. Kind of more of a nuisance, you know. <laughs> right. And, uh, so now, now as we get together in in our later years and adult years and stuff, um, sitting around the table is just it, it's it, it's loud, it's rambunctious. Stories are just. We're one, you know, that whole thing of one upping each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we, that's what we do. We do, we just one up one person tells a story and the next one, next person. And it's, and it's not out of competition. It's its just like, we, we just, it's the story time when we get mm-hmm. together is just, is just a thing, man. And I look around at Becca and she comes from a family that's, you know, much more reserved and, and they're, they're quiet, you know, and, and at least on, on her side of the thing, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, the in-laws. Um, you know, they have relatives that may be a little bit more outspoken and stuff, rambunctious, but <laughs> my gosh, man, we, I, it's, it's funny to see my, uh, see Rebecca's expression when all of us boys are together and we're just doing our thing and sharing, and our moms and the thing, like, and that's the other thing is, is our mom was the perfect, you know, boy mom. I mean, sure. she did not, she didn't want daughters and she rolled with the punches. She was mm. tough, man. Mm. She was tough. And, uh, and my, my dad too, you know, uh, they, they both, uh. They were perfect parents for for four boys. It was yeah, good good time, man. Just just never a dull moment in the Hitzfeld house growing up. I love
2: it. So we used to do like um, so in the pool. We do before you know WWE mm. was World or WWF. Yeah, before the World Wild, mm. Wild, 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 Wild Foundation. Wild Yeah, took it back. Jerks sued them. It's terrible. Um, but yeah, we used to pretend to be like Macho Man Randy Savage oh, yeah. going off the top rope oh, man. and stuff like that. And then one of my favorite things with with Adam, my younger brother, was we uh, when we moved up onto the mountain, uh, Haleakala, we had this like flat driveway, but then there was like this steep drop-off um, uh, down to like the open fields where across the fence was like there were cows and a cattle ranch uh, out there on Maui. Um, but we had this, it was this huge, like retaining wall and there's a basketball hoop. But one of the things we do is tape like a strike zone on it and then mm. do a wiffle ball. Oh, nice! And so if you That's... hit it over the ledge and, and down into the, um, down the hill yeah. that was a home run and the other person like if the pitcher gave up <laughs> nice. the home, the home run he had to go get the ball yeah that was kind of like his walk of shame yeah right. um and so we used to love doing that and so we had a little uh setups where if you hit you know certain parts that it was a single or a double um nice. and had a way of keeping score yeah and so it was just a lot of fun hmm. doing wiffle ball uh together so i don't know that that's one of the things that stuck with me most that's cool. um, but yeah, because him and I played baseball growing up, okay. um, and we're really team. into it uh, yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah, um, yeah, because we we're close enough. Uh, you know, there's those years where you like kind of graduated the yeah. new league where we were separate, but right. Um, yeah, so that I, like, those are probably the ones that stick with me most. That's awesome. Um, that and late night gaming sessions. Yeah. On oh the Super gosh. Nintendo, yeah. You know, until oh yeah. Two in the morning, three I was in the say, morning. That's that's. Hopefully, mom doesn't come out in the garage and see if we're sleeping or not. <laughs> So, because my old yeah, in our first house on Maui, uh, so my older brother had his room okay. um, out in the garage, and it had a loft in it where you could sleep. And oh, so yeah. once he graduated and left, and I think he went up to Eugene, Oregon for for college mm-hmm. before joining the Air Force. And so on weekends, we'd we'd say, can hey, can we sleep out in in the garage together and have like a sleepover rather than stay in our rooms? And that's when we'd like That'd be fun. We'd pretend to go to bed and then get up and. Play go, video games. Play video games all night. That's awesome. But, so br- if you have a brother, call him and tell him that you love him. Do it. And maybe, it. like, I don't know, if you did play Legos or something, like yeah. maybe just get together and do something that you used to do as sure. kids just for fun. There you go. Why not? Yep. Rekindle just, the good times. Just do it, yeah. Rekindle the good times. So national celebration. Um, this day in history. So May 23rd, which is actually today, um, 1934 American outlaws Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow Bonnie and Clyde are killed by police in an ambush near Salis, Louisiana Now I it was they have an interesting story yeah. and um, at the time of their death they were thought to have committed at least 13 murders and had numerous bank heists and robberies yeah. and I find this interesting cuz growing up uh, like I mean, basically what these people are, they created a gang Mm -hmm. um, with a lot of family members, actually. Yeah. Uh, They killed and robbed people. Uh, But there's something about the way the story, Mm -hmm. at least culturally, was communicated to me where they're almost like these cultural icons and heroes. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes there's like... When you think of stories like Robin Hood, where you rob from the rich and give to the poor, there's some sort of redeeming element where maybe there's a little moral tension, but you can still see why that person might be considered a hero. I really couldn't, in in my actual research of Bonnie and Clyde, find much that made me think there was anything redeeming about the work that they were doing.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. <laughs> so I guess my no.
2: question is, and I've, I've kind of noticed this in some storytelling, and I don't know if it's a modern phenomenon. I, I feel yeah. like it might be, yeah. um, is that we really do like to almost paint villains as heroes. Yeah. And I didn't know if that says something about our culture or maybe just our human nature, uh, but do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, No, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're right. I mean, here in, in St. Joe, Jesse James, man. Mm. Jesse James, like, and even even when when he was shot, when he was killed, I mean, it was an ambush by two of his his friends that mm. they were going to collect the reward, and and people even back then, like, people knew Jesse was like. He was he was a bad dude. Like he, he did some bad things. And just because he decides to turn a leaf and hide out in Saint Joe, you know, it doesn't mean didn't erase all the things that that he had done. And so uh, when when the two when the two guys, his his friends had had shot him in the back, uh, there were people that thought it was just an outrage mm. that, you know, he he would die in that way. And it's funny because in, in the story of Jesse James – in fact, you can go to one of my favorite YouTube channels um, that de- deals with history. is called The History Underground. And uh, the guy who does that, uh, he did – he went to the Jesse James Museum here in St. Joe, and he does a whole you know little thing about that and talks about this phenomenon mm. of how the, the the good guys in the scenario who brought Jesse James to justice, like even in, in that day, like people didn't respect him for – in fact, I think they were made out to be just as bad – as Mm. Jesse himself, you know, Mm. but then like you've got Billy the kid and just the Mm day I saw a little something on him on YouTube. Uh, the Dalton Gang, which is kind of another regional area, kind of down in Kansas mm. and Oklahoma and stuff. I mean, that's another one that you know when you hear of these different like Western, ga- and I think it goes back to the genre of like the Wild West. Yeah, you know, because that's like we imagine that to be like the spirit of America. It's almost like that, like the mascot of Americans. You know, mm. like we're going out and taming the West, and we're getting what we want and taking what what we want, what's ours, kind of thing. And so I think I think part of that sort of mixed into some of these gangs that were so far removed for them. And, sure you know what they did you know doesn't hurt us directly and so right. it's it's easy for us to kind of like ah. you can romanticize li- it a little living bit living their best life you know <laughs> well I,
2: I wonder too like i i know that some of this is just i think I, like in in our very human nature you know i mean you open up the bible and there's this rebellion against the crown if you will mm-hmm. um an authority that's just i think a part of human nature but too yeah. i think a part of the american story might even be you know uh rebelling against britain and the revolutionary war and that kind of thing like yeah. i wonder if it ble- that that kind of mindset bleeds over into how we read and interpret and then some yeah. of these people that again will kind of rebel against right. uh the system yeah. if you will the man yeah um if they, yeah there's right. just not some something ingrained into us one as humans but two just in our particular culture i think that's part of the history is um, if you sense that someone's infringing on your freedoms or something that like you... It, kind of become... We smile when someone gets back at them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought they were like just yeah. interesting because as I, I, as, as I read up and re- researched more, I'm like, hmm. this is not... Like, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm supposed to be rooting for these people at all. Uh, but there was something about what I knew about Bonnie and Clyde. I was kind of yeah. for them in some way. Yeah. Um, and after my research, I'm not so sure... I did find it interesting. Uh, so they met. She was married, I think, when she met him. He was not. But he went to jail shortly after. And at 19 years old, she snuck him a gun in prison that allowed him to get out. Wow. Um, they did catch him <clears throat> again. And then he got paroled. And that's where they really like picked up their crime spree. But Good. it was like a 19-year-old girl sneaking a gun into a prison so that he could escape. Um that's quite the the story, the yeah. meeting story. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> it's a little different from me and my wife's, but I thought it was very interesting. Amazing. So Bonnie and Clyde. So I <laughs> watch out for that. Just I, I don't know, as you're researching uh, history, like it just, I, I think it's interesting to see how some of those things get communicated. Because mm-hmm. I know there's been a film done on them. I haven't seen it, yeah. so I'm kind of curious yeah. to see how they portray that. After doing a little sure. reading this week, I might have to check that. Give that one out, a look, but. Um, interesting. And then the other I mean we had talked about this with some of our the, the movie trends we've seen a little bit is how they um, they they would like to do those villain backstories to kind of I don't know if I want to say justify but in some way like how they are in the present. Um, and it's just very interesting that that's kind of a new flavor or genre of mm-hmm. film that I've seen a lot of too. Yeah. Um, yeah so anyway that I don't know their story just got me thinking a little bit about that. But, so anyway, this day in history, hmm. Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde. Clyde met their demise. Well, there you go. Justice, let justice roll down. <laughs> I don't know, like a flood. Yep. There you go. You preached this yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we're great. still in our uh, life-giving Spirit series on the Holy Spirit. Yeah, this has been—it's been fun. Oh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, and I—it's been really neat to see one, i I just have, I think sensed the Holy Spirit mm. in a fresh way again, yeah yeah, same and here. Same here. there's just real evidence, I think all around and like in the people all around me that That's they're true. they're kind of experiencing that same thing. Absolutely. and so it's been yeah. it's been a real joy, yeah. this past few weeks, for sure, yeah, it's
0: been great to see that kind of match up and the words that we're speaking and then to see just little demonstrations, mm-hmm. uh, different um. Just the Holy Spirit reminding us that um it's not he, it's not a doc- it's not just a doctrine it's not just you know something to believe right, but it's like it's 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 God's presence and god's very spirit that is is working all around us and and so I think more than something to believe it's something to open up our eyes hopefully or ask that the Lord would open up our eyes to see how uh, his spirit's working in our life and in our world
2: amen you know. So you talked about the spirit as the gift-giver yes. this week. Yes. And uh one of the points that you made that I really liked was that that grace empowers or fuels mm. um our service to God. And I just um I really appreciated it that, that kind of at the beginning of your message that started that I think laid a great groundwork for what what came. But yeah. could just could you just review that idea and talk us through yeah. kind of what you emphasized? Um, the message on Sunday.
0: Yeah, so we read uh, through First Corinthians 12, and uh, so Paul's attempt to rein in some issues in the church, um, particularly people who had one uh, one of the gifts: preaching, prophesying, tongues, healing, you know, whatever. And they were in competition with each other mm. of, of who who had the greater gift, who was more important. Mm. And so this is kind of Paul's. Response to that of trying to bring everybody low, lower, people down a bit, and r- lower those who are trying to puff themselves up, mm. and, and then raise up those who are unseen, but nevertheless mm. have been given a gift. So, the, verses four through six is kind of where I got the the idea that grace empowers our our you know our service, our, our workings, our. Um, the things that we do for God. So it kind of starts off, we're talking about there are different kinds of gifts. And and I also mentioned how the word gift in the Greek is the mm-hmm. same word for grace. Right. So I told people I was going to use the word interchangeably, gift and grace. Um, and so it talks about there are different kinds of grace, but the same spirit distributes them. And then it goes on to say there are different kinds of service, uh, different kinds of working, you know. And so I I made use use that to kind of say there's sort of this flow that it starts off talking about gifts and grace and then talking about service and and working you know and and mm-hmm. so i i wanted to put the point out there that god doesn't give us grace and gifts after we've mm. done something good or we don't we don't come to jesus with like a whole suitcase full of goodies mm. and we're like here use use all of my good stuff <laughs> right. for your glory, right? And so instead, we come before God empty-handed. We mm-hmm. come before God with nothing. And then God then gives us, you know, belonging. God gives us grace. Um, God washes us and takes away our condemnation. And then and it's through that that we are are given the ability to to serve with the different passions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we might call them skills, we might call them, um, you know, spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, we have different words, you know, for, for how people serve and work in the church. And so um, I just thought that was an important point to, to say that when we do serve, it's not um, out of, like, it was just our initiative. Mm. And then God's like, hey, you know, I want you to be on my team. <laughs> you know, because yeah. you're out there just doing. Da- I mean, God wants us to be on His team, but it's not because of anything impressive. It's not like we're LeBron James out there, you know, <laughs> shooting it up and scoring. I don't even. <laughs> that's the. There's probably other basketball players that mm. are better than LeBron James right now. But anyway, so that was kind of the the point was that we we come before God, we receive graces, we we receive grace. I mean, from from the moment we're we're born, from from the moment we're, we're conceived in a mother's mm. womb, like that's that's grace, like that's just grace in and of itself, and so grace is always going to precede anything that we do for for the Lord.
2: And I like I like that you pointed out there that if we forget that, one of two things happens: either we get a little arrogant yeah. um, and think that we somehow earned it or deserved it or developed sure. this on our own accord, or right. Yeah, we kind of develop some self-esteem issues right. and are, are dissatisfied with what God gave us. Yeah. Um, and we feel like we're not living up to it or that we need mm. to do more yeah. uh, versus understanding God uh, gifts each person as he will. Yeah, um, And if we see it as that, we can be, again, it won't go to our heads, but we can also be satisfied if yeah. for some reason we find ourselves discontent mm. uh, with that. Oh, that's I, that was that's great um, mm. the, the you made another you made quite a few good points on something but the other one I wanted sure. to grab a hold of yeah. uh, that kind of follows up on this because um, I'm seeing verse 7 right the idea of each gift is given for the common good yeah. um, and that kind of yeah. launches us into this next idea that you pointed out mm. and you discussed that kind of metaphor of the body yeah. and the importance of diversity of gifts and yeah. um, and my the thought that you kind of really sparked in my brain was, you know, so often I think it's easy to, to speak of gifts individually, yeah. um, but in this passage, a lot of it's corporate language, and so yeah. I just thought, why is it important to think through um, and really talk about the gifts um, it's not that we can't do that individually, or that we shouldn't at all. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Yeah. Uh, but we also need to really think about it in terms of the corporate body. And so, what's the importance of that? And like, what yeah. do, what errors does that keep us out of?
0: Yeah, I mean, whether we see ourselves connected to, um, I mean, one the, the local church, but then also we can see ourselves also connected to to the big C church, to the communion of mm. of, of Christ all around the world. But uh, really. You know, one of the questions I asked was, well, "So, what's the importance for uh, a, a Christian? What, what's the importance of the church for for the Christian?" And mm-hmm. I, you know, I said, "Well, let me answer that by asking another question: What's the importance uh, for the the body for for the foot? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if if my hand was to come unattached mm-hmm. right now, you know, it might still have a little bit of movement and some nerves that would still kind of do a few things, but at some point, it's just going to dry up. You know, it's going to wither up. It's going to useless. And so, um, you know, part of that is getting away from the the spirit and the attitude of people in the church, whether in Corinth or any other um, city that I'm sure Paul ran into this in many other cities. And it's probably been a problem in many churches throughout the centuries, Mm -hmm. where, where people just, because they have the gift, and sometimes you know, this really doesn't reflect really good on on sort of the clergy <laughs> class. Sure. You know, yeah, uh, we, we belong to a long history of of people who have had gifts and, and callings to serve the body of Christ, and uh, instead of using their gifts to encourage and to build up the body of Christ, they used it for for personal gain, or mm. for power, for reputation, and um, and so when that when that happens, it's really becomes about one person instead of the whole body, and and so. You know, back to the point that the gifts are given for the common good. Mm -hmm. And so just like when we think about the human body, um, you know, how many things are are a part of our body system that we just we can't see. Like Mm. we just have to trust that they're there because science Mm. tells us we haven't looked inside our body to see all the different organs. We don't have a microscope. Um, at our disposal to see all of the, the little cells, you know, the the 60,000 miles of veins mm. <laughs> in our body, mm-hmm. you know, our brain, all of these unseen parts that are just doing their job day in and day out. Um, but, you know, when we think of the body, we think of our five senses, you know, like it's funny, like we may say, like we, we attribute our eyes uh, the the ability to see to our eyes, mm. but but is it just our eyes, mm. <laughs> like or or our ears? Like we we attribute it to like what you can see right here, but this isn't the part. Like that's just letting sound in. It's not until sound actually gets into the inner part of the head, the things that we can't see, mm. that sound. You know, so it's it is interesting how like the seen parts of of the body we attribute them. To, to these five senses when they are completely dependent on all of these inner systems that are, hmm. you know, and then if, if one of those inner systems isn't doing its job, you've got two holes in your <laughs> head, head. <laughs> that aren't doing anything. You got two, you got two eyeballs that are, you know, that, that aren't doing anything. So, hmm. so it is, um, again, kind of hopefully it brings some humility, uh, to us and helps us to, and. Us as as pastors, mm. and I mentioned this on Sunday. I don't know if it was my notes. I think it was in the ten forty five service. I said, really, if the church is successful, if the church is doing good, it's it's really doesn't have a lot to do with with me up here giving a good sermon. Mm. Um, it really has so much more to do with you as the people who are the connected parts of the body of Christ, using your gifts mm. however God's called you to do. And if 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 we're not doing that together, mm. one person can't do it by themselves. You know, twenty percent can't do it by themselves. Mm-mm. So, and so that was kind of my, one of my sticking points.
2: It is a, like uh, you can see why Paul latched on to the body yeah. right as the key metaphor, and he does yeah. it in a couple other places because mm-hmm. you, I mean, it is a, it, you get a lot of mileage out of that. Yeah, you do. And yeah. Yeah. it it really assesses the problems uh, uh, that come along with again a failure to do this well Mm. um yeah it's a great image and you had mentioned kind of at the beginning of our conversation here this again some of the things that were going on in corinth was Mm -hmm. the exaltation of certain gifts uh over others in their case uh, a lot of it seemed to be those manifestations of the spirit like healing in this place particularly speaking in tongues um and that's not the only gift we can exalt. So as you've pastored, maybe in different churches, or as you kind of just culturally critique um, like our flavor of Christianity, what, what are some of the traps we're falling in? Because maybe we're not exalting the speaking of tongues gift, yeah. but in, in in the Christian Culture you see that we live in, mm. where are are, and it might be a little different from denomination to denomination. But what are the gifts that we maybe uh, elevate more than we sh- we should? Mm. Um, yeah, I'll start there.
0: Yeah, preaching and teaching obviously is mm. is the big one. Um, then we because music is such a big part mm. of, of our worship experience. You know, there's some we have some great musicians that Mm. that on our worship team, and many churches do. And so, and and so, sometimes what happens—the unintended consequence of having good speakers and good musicians—is it becomes uh, a time where people come to watch, (laughs) Mm. you know, to be entertained instead of participate. And that's not all the people's fault in the pews, because it really comes back to to us as. As leaders who are setting up the worship services, there's uh, we ways stru- we
2: structure it to reinforce consumer yeah. Christianity. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. So mm. there's ways to to have a great worship team and have have good competent speakers that are giving responsibility to to the people during the worship service. You know, mentioned last week we were talking the the word um, for for liturgy means the work of the people. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. Uh, and so you, you can you can strike a good balance between like you don't have to be all Catholic, sure. <laughs> you know, but you can find ways to to get people involved and active in the worship service so that they know that this, this isn't just something I'm coming to sit in a pew and keep my eyes forward, but to get up and go forward and and, and take communion to dip something bread into the cup to uh, be a part of the, the prayers, whether it's the Lord's Prayer to repeat Scripture or um, you know to to sing out. I mean, Mm. that's one thing that, you know, modern – Church, especially here in here in the West, because we've made it more like a concert. You know, and and you come to some churches, and the lights are dimmed, and the music is so loud Mm. that you can't hear the voices of those around you, Mm. and and so you know that sort Mm. of takes. For some people, they like that because they don't want to be heard in the first place. But you know, that's the
2: person sitting (laughs) next to me.
0: But but really to to be to strike a culture. Where we're inviting people to, you know, when it's time to sing, sing robustly. Mm. You know, the John Wesley his his mm. instructions instructions for singing in, in the Methodist hymnal, um, you know, is just perfect. You know, sing, sing like you've got something to be joyful about, like God's done something good for you. You know, and he says, sing one, sing all, sing loud, and uh, and so yeah, I think those are some. But you have some some thoughts on that as far as. Some, I th- yeah, gifts? I think
2: yeah, certainly in, in – uh, especially those that kind of follow the re- – out of the, like kind of that second great awakening and revivalism oh, that yeah. popped up. Yeah. So sure. in charismatic circles, well, yeah, I mean, that that's sure. one – I think Baptist circles. Kind of. I mean, a lot of the re- the highly reformed, right, Zwingli mm-hmm. like kind of put mm-hmm. the pulpit at the At the center, center. yeah. And that, sure. uh, I think, led to the exaltation of that gift and um, – I, like you said, the music, the music one wouldn't, because it's not a spiritual gift listed. Sure. I, that didn't pop to my mind. It, but you're right. Rich Culturally, rich. we certainly yeah. do that yeah. um, for sure. That's probably it is. It's those upfront mm. gifts, and because of the the uh, the way that in- entertainment industry has influenced our culture, yeah. I think you're right. That I like your, your like what you said. The parts of the body you see yeah. versus the inner workings. Yeah. I had never. Thought about those gifts in in that those terms, mm-hmm. but you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, no one's running up and patting the sound guy on the back, <laughs> but like you're right. he screws up, everybody notices. Everybody looks, you know, yeah. or the slides. Uh, or yeah, whatever. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a that's a that's great one. But yeah, I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head. Those mm-hmm. those ones that we we kind of see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like uh, this idea of the worship service. If it's if we thought about it, maybe as working out the body. Mm-hmm. Right, you want to. We want to make sure we're not doing just biceps, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, uh, we want to include yeah. elements to for the whole body to exercise, yeah. um, and get uh, again healthier and grow and strengthen. So don't forget leg day. Yeah. Okay. During yeah, your worship service, it, yeah. don't skip leg day. Right. But oh, well,
0: yeah, but. like you know, one for <laughs> for me like is what what I found out through the years is that one of the greatest gifts that. Um, will keep somebody coming is is when people use their gift of hospitality. And, mm. and some people are better than that at others, but everybody can be hospitable. Like sure. everybody can smile at someone who's who's a visitor and welcome them. You know, even if you don't break into a long conversation. But one of my favorite things to do is to look around on a Sunday morning and see who are folks who truly like their 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 gift is hospitality. And someone new who comes to the church, it's like blood in the water, you know. Mm. And and so I know here at White Park, that when someone new comes in, they're in good hands. And because here's the thing, like if someone comes in into White Park on a Sunday, first Sunday, um, and they don't sense any hospitality, and they don't sense any sort of welcoming or like, like they're seen in mm-hmm. any way, it doesn't matter what I say up there. It doesn't matter what the sermon is. It doesn't matter how good the music mm-hmm. is if if they don't find that connection oftentimes, and i have heard that over and over and over again mm. not just here but in other churches sure. you know where people would say yeah we last last week we were at a church and nobody said mm. nobody said and i'm like how is that po-? like i don't understand mm. how that's possible how someone can go to a church and, and and here's the thing because it's not like nobody didn't i mean the chances of someone not saying hello to them right probably wasn't it but there was probably something else beyond that where they f- genuinely felt that people, as they were coming into the sanctuary, were aware of them, and and gave off some vibes of, man, it's great, great to see you, you know. Hmm. So yeah. it, it's just interesting. I wonder.
2: I, I so I've been reading Acts for in preparation for um, Pentecost, yeah. and um, after Pentecost, there's a scene with Peter and John, I think, going into the temple. And there's that, uh, the lame man begging. Oh, yeah. And so interesting, yeah. it says he sees them and kind of calls mm-hmm. out to him for, like, an alms. And there's just mm-hmm. this interesting phrase there where it says, P- Peter looks at him and says, look at me. Mm-hmm. Look at me. This guy has already seen them. Yeah. But it was like the interaction was that what you're talking about, that passing by to where it wasn't yeah. a true connection. Yeah. And Peter, Peter sees it. He sees a guy who's... Like, people just walk mm. by him. They might even throw a few coins in the hat sure. or whatever it is right. and go right on by, and, yeah. it, and he seems to be satisfied with that, but Peter won't put up with it. Mm. And so it's just very interesting it that he good. goes up That's to this crippled, crippled guy and he's staring at me. Make eye contact here. <laughs> I see you, That's you see me. And then it's yeah. just a wonderful little interaction or detail, mm. but it's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and That's what sure. an encouragement to us, Absolutely. like you said, just to truly see people, because yeah. it's It's easy to be kind. It's easy to do the niceties. I mean, we're really good at that as Christians. Yeah, but to really see people, that's good. Really
0: digging in beyond the surface level, you know. And at the when we were at the uh, the leadership conference last, you know, talking about getting getting to different levels with people Mm. and, and not being satisfied with just. How are you? Mm. you know, good. Good to see you. Okay, you know, but to, to be intentional about moving beyond that and that's an that's an exercise for for a lot of us, but there sure. are, like I said there are some people like that's their gift of hospitality. Yeah. And so you got to have some of those folks in the church doing what they're doing so others who don't have the gift of hospitality can come in and do what they're doing to kind of lift up other parts and stuff. So Amen. Um, and so I talked about Mahomes, you know, talked about yeah. how, you know, we thought he was invincible up until Super Bowl 55. And all of a sudden, when when his offensive line isn't blocking for him, he's not he's not quite so superhuman at that point, right? No. So we found out. Well, no, we've got to pay some. And we
2: found out how important a toe is too. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Turf toe. That's oh my right.
0: gosh. That's it. yeah. You're right. So hmm. crazy. Yeah. So it was it was a good it was a good good uh, me- message to kind of dwell over and to be able to to deliver. So one of the things that I don't know uh, in in verse. Um, see. I'll just start in 22. I thought this was, was an interesting one. Um, on the contrary, so um, you know, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the foot, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are mm. indispensable, right? And so we've kind of talked about that. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. But then here's the next part. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. Mm. Like what's what what's that referring? Like like in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so like we there's parts of the human body mm-hmm. that like we cover up. It's just what we as humans have decided. Like it's not right <laughs> to go around and show these things off. So like like they've got their purpose. <laughs> who's whose gift is
2: that <laughs> in the church?
0: So so anyways, I, I I didn't dig too much into that point right. on Sunday, but I've been who's thinking the private
2: of it. <laughs> part of the body of Christ.
0: And I mean, you think about how important that is. Sounds like
2: a dissertation topic <laughs> there for you, Ben. That little
0: doctorate, doctorate yeah. uh, presentation there. So if you, if you're the unpresentable parts, um, hey, there's there's a point for there's there's a reason for your existence. It does well, make the so. point. Like
2: you can get away without hearing, talking, seeing, but like if you can't go to the bathroom, your body's not going to survive. <laughs> so who knows? Treated with special modesty. I'm special. That's <laughs> funny. Dude, that's worth a cup of tea. Uh, it is,
0: yeah. I, 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 I want to, go- I want to Google that and see what other, you know, theologians have said about that.
2: Make sure your safe search is on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, there's, there was an author recently who wrote a book. Uh, and, well, anyways, yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, so was, uh, I'm all. sure some author
2: had some fun with that. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Very good stuff. Well, I, again, I just, uh, it was. I don't know. I just every week has been awesome in the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. series. And so we yeah. get to close this out yeah. this week. We're doing Pentecost. Pentecost, Pentecost. Revel the Spirit. And you were kind enough to let me preach.
0: I've preached a couple weeks in a row. So it's it's time to, you know, and I've got a funeral coming up on Friday, which I didn't um, know at that point. So it works out. It's almost
2: like the Holy Spirit knew. You might need a break. I think so. Yeah. And I get to nerd out on Shavuot part two. <laughs> go. Part... I was
0: gonna say, and I was gonna, I was gonna mention to folks that um, you know we we did we did uh, the the feasts last year in November. So if you want to brush up on that, uh, one of the messages in November was on the the feast of Shavuot um, to give you a little bit of background. Um, so okay, I'll go
2: listen because we're deep diving yep, that bad boy. Deep diving. yeah. It's gonna be fun. Awesome. Can't wait. Um, any other thoughts, brother? I think uh, you know. Um, so
0: we got the the yard games coming up here That's um, right. and next next week, next Wednesday night at five o'clock at Bartlett Park. So going to play some cube and probably if you want to dress up, horn, bring your horn, Viking wear, yeah, whatever you want to do. Right, horns, going to be you know, Yep, yeah, just don't bring any booze. It's um, probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that afterwards. You can do that afterwards. Yeah, you okay. can
2: go. We're Anyways. throwing sticks. Yeah, it could be dangerous. Throwing sticks at sticks.
0: Right, so it should be fun. So uh, come out if you want to bring your own picnic food. You could do that. Bring out any games that you want to bring. Of course, bring any friends or folks that you think would enjoy that time together. Yeah. So and then otherwise, um, I'm also doing Wednesday nights in June, uh, calling it PB and J. Yeah, I love it, <laughs> Pastor Ben and Jesus. And we're just we're just gonna sit and read the lectionary text on Wednesday nights uh, at six thirty. So that'll be June seventh all the way through the month minus the Wednesday for VBS is the 21st all right so and if if people are enjoying that we may just extend that into july we'll see what happens but
2: fantastic so yeah well church we love you yeah. and uh walk in the power of the spirit use your gifts affirm encourage other people in theirs Amen. that's what you should do Amen. in that case beware of the bears folks yeah.
0: grace and peace out